Well, Semper Fi to all you Marines out there, amen. <laughs> Praise God. I come here tonight with a message from God through the Word of God to you, amen. I come tonight with a message that is firm, but it's got hope in it also. So if you would, would you please, if you can, would you please stand with me and turn in your Bibles to Psalm 121. Psalm 121. We're going to use the entire psalm for our text tonight. And don't worry, it's just eight verses in this psalm, okay? One more than you had this morning, amen. So Psalm chapter 121, beginning in verse 1, the Word of God reads as this, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from which cometh, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. We will not, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shield upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from henceforth and to even evermore. Would you bow with me, please? Almighty God, as I stand here tonight among your people, I am so at all, dear God, that you would allow me to break the bread of life unto your people tonight. I pray, dear God, with all of my heart, with all that I am, with all the faith that I have, I pray, dear God, you will remove all of me that is not of you and fill that vacuum with your Holy Spirit that I might indeed break the bread of life. I pray tonight, dear God, if there's one person here that is not saved, that tonight will be the night that they are convicted by God the Holy Spirit of their need of a Savior. Please, God, I ask this by faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. You know, as my beautiful wife and I, as we travel out through this land, this great nation, the land of the free and the home of the brave, over the past ten years or so, I have begun to really, really pay attention as to what's going on around us. And I find myself time and time again crying out in prayer to Almighty God as I look around and I say to God, my Father, my Savior, my Lord, I say, where will our help come from now? Who's going to help us now? Lynn and I, as we travel and we preach in different churches, we spread the gospel throughout this great land. We seem to come to one church after another. Churches that are dead, that are cold. Churches that we go into and we very seldom hear the gospel preached. There are no altar calls given, no salvation mentioned. And so maybe... Those of us here tonight who don't get out that much to other churches, maybe we don't understand what's going on in this country. We're in bad shape, folks. Amen. 
Now don't get all sad on me here. I, I, I know I'm a preacher of doom. I've been called that several times. But as I said, in this message, there's hope also. But listen, as we travel, and as I look at these churches, I cry out to God, who's going to help us now? As I travel and, and, and I look at and I, I watch TV news about our government, and I cry out to God, who's going to help us now? We've got an entire party elected to Congress, elected to our government, who's done no governing in three years. Amen. All they've done is try to unseat a president that we, the citizens of the United States of America, have duly elected to that office. Amen. And I cry out to God, who's going to help us now? Where's our help coming from? And and now listen to me. Listen to this. As we travel throughout this land, and as we observe here at home, The lifestyles of people today, we are devastated. I'm telling you, people today, they live lives, immoral lives, that are disgusting to Almighty God. They live lives in such a way that they are an absolute shame to God. Amen. And I cry out, who's going to help us now? Where doeth our help come from? And I was wallowing all in my depression and all in my disgust and my sadness. And God, the Holy Spirit, came to me one night. He said, quit that. I heard that still small voice. He said, quit wallowing in this disgust, in this depression of yours. Come with me. And he led me to this psalm. Psalm 121. And lo and behold... After 40 years of preaching, and I began to look at this this psalm as God the Holy Spirit led me, I began to realize that a mighty man of God, King David, asked the very same questions that I was asking. Amen. Where will our help come from now? But now, before I get into this sermon, and I know I'm probably preaching too, the saved crowd tonight, the faithful crowd tonight. But you know, there might be somebody here tonight that's not saved. Amen. Now we had a fired up Holy Ghost filled preacher last Sunday night right here tell us that if a person wants to be saved, they have to first know that they're lost. Amen. And I agree with that 100%. But I'd like to take it a little bit further than that. I want to see why we have to be saved and how we're saved. Amen. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now that means you. That means me. That means every man, woman, boy, and girl who's ever been born to walk the face of the earth, they have been coming to this world as a sinner in the need of a Savior. Amen. No exceptions. No one's exempt from that. We all must be saved. And matter of fact, Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, least the man be born again, he shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So we're all in need of being saved. Why? Because we came into this world as a, as a sinner in need of a Savior. So 
What does that mean? Well, that means we're under the judgment of God. Amen? John, what, Romans chapter, chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What death is he talking about? Surely not physical death because in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 tells us that it's appointed to every man wants to die. And then the judgment, so we all, at least the rapture happens first, we all are going to die. Amen. We were born to die. So what was he talking about? He's talking about that death, that spiritual death, that eternal separation from Almighty God. Amen. That's what he's talking about. That's the wages of our sin. So what are we going to do? John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Romans 5, 8 says this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Isn't that amazing? Now, let me give you the plan of salvation here. I'm afraid a lot of people are all mixed up about this, what you've got to do to be saved. I want to get this. This is not part of the sermon, so you just buckle up and hold on for a little while. What do I have to do to be saved? The Bible tells us very clearly. Are you listening now? I know maybe some of you are saying, hey, hey, pastor or preacher, Evangelist, hey, I've heard this a hundred times. We'll hear it 101. Amen. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 10, and 13, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. That's God's plan of salvation. There is no other way. Amen. And America better wake up and hear this. Amen. Where's my help coming from? Which, from where cometh our help? Now I want to look at this verse, or this psalm rather, and I want to look at three different, and I'm not supposed to use this word things, they tell me, but I want, to use, I want to look at three different things. <laughs> I want to look at the source of our help, where our help comes from, and I want to look at the scope of our help. Who will our helper help? And then how strong is that help that every single person in this building tonight can have? Amen. So now, I want to look at this, first of all, in verses 1 and 2. Now you have to be very, very careful how you read verse 1. Because King David is going to ask the question that I've been asking. From whence cometh our help? Now look at verse 1. King David writes under the leadership of God the Holy Spirit. I will lift up mine eyes. Now that phrase, I will lift up, in the Hebrew, the Hebrew language would phrase it like this, I will look up, I will lift up mine eyes, I will look up with regard, paying close attention. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. Now notice very carefully the next half of that verse. From whence cometh my help. So here, 
David is asking, as he sees all this falling apart around him, everything's falling apart, and he looks up to the hills very carefully. Now listen, the hills represented idolatry, false religion, and false teaching. So David is saying, where's my help coming from? I will look up to the hills very carefully, but I know my help is not coming from there. That's, that is idols. That is false religion. And listen to me, folks. I am afraid. I am ashamed to say it. But many, many churches in the United States of America today are looking to the hills for their help. They're looking to false religion. They're looking to false teachers. And I'm telling you, God is saying, my help will not come through them. Amen. Only through the God-called preachers of the gospel. Amen. But they're looking to the hills. They're looking to false religion, such as the, the Muslims, the Mormons, the Jehovah false witnesses. All three of those groups are following dead men, the teachings of dead men instead of the teachings of the living God. Amen. So David says, oh, I'll, I'll look up the hills and I'll, I'll regard the hills and I'll look very attentively at the hills, but from where does my help come? It's what David is saying here in these scriptures. So I want you to see here in verse 2 that King David identifies for us from where his help comes, who his helper is. Notice verse 2. My help, says the psalmist under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, my help cometh from the Lord, Yahweh. My help cometh from Yahweh, which made heaven and earth. And so David is saying, my help's not coming from the government. Amen. Amen. <laughs> my help's not coming from the government. My help's not coming from a false religion. My help is coming from Yahweh, who is the self-existent, the eternal, the unchanging, the all-controlling, all-powerful God. Yahweh. Amen. Now listen to me. If you're looking for help tonight, it's not going to come from false good religion. Amen. It's not going to come from our government. If you're looking for help tonight, I'm telling you there's only one place that true help will come from, and it's from Jehovah God, Yahweh God in heaven. Amen. Are we listening tonight? You know, I said something in the church a long time ago. I was in Texas preaching the gospel. And I looked at people... And they were looking at me with that kind of blank look on their face. I said, I didn't come here to make you feel good. I came here to say, thus saith the Lord God. Amen. So God, listen. God wants to help you. He wants to save your soul. He wants to give you a home in heaven. He wants to, to make you his child. 
from whence cometh my help? From Yahweh, Jehovah God, the eternal, self-existing, covenant-keeping, almighty, all-powerful God. Amen. So I want you I want you to see, see something here. As the psalmist is saying, my help's not coming from the government, from false religion, from idols, false gods. My help's coming from Yahweh, Jehovah God. And I want to show you why he refused or his refusal. And I want you to turn with me to Psalm 115. And I want to show you why we also must turn from idols and false gods. In Psalm 115, verse 2, the Word of God says this, Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? Now stop there for a moment. I believe, and I say this with loving kindness, and I say this from my heart, I believe that a lot of heathens, ungodly people, are looking at those who claim to be Christians and saying, now where is their God? Come on. Amen? Wherefore, why should the heathen, the godless, say, where is now their God? Elohim. But our God is in heaven. And listen to this. And he doeth whatsoever he hath pleased. Verse 4. Their idols upon the hills there. Their idols are silver and gold. The work of men's hands. Verse 5. They have mouth, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that, listen, they that make them these lifeless, worthless idols are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. Isn't that something? That's why we, as David, King David, we cannot look unto the hills for our help. Our help's not coming from. And if you do, if you look to a false god tonight, are you listening? Somebody give me a witness here. Amen. Amen. If you are looking to a false god for your help, then you are likened unto that false god. Vanity, uselessness, worthlessness. Amen. And so David turned from those false idols, and so should we turn from them. I, I just, this psalm just really blesses me. Amen. I want to say this, 
and I want to say it very, very carefully. And if it offends you, then maybe you need to get right with God. David turned to Almighty God, Jehovah God, Yahweh, Jehovah. He turned to the God who created everything. He turned to the God who created all the planets, the suns, the moons, the stars, the God who flung them all out into outer space in precise, perfect orbit in order for us to have a universe to live in. He turned to Almighty God who reached down into the dust of the earth that He created And from that dust he formed a man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. That's the God that King David turned to when he said, from whence cometh my help. He turned to Almighty God. Now listen, young people. Jehovah God is not your buddy-buddy God. He's not your pie-in-the-sky God. He is not your welfare God. He is Almighty God in heaven who doeth what He pleaseth. Amen. And He demands our reverence as we turn to the only true living God the only hope that we have. Amen. I told you this message was stern, but there's hope in there. Amen. Because God loves you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So our help comes... Not from the hills, not from the government, not from idols, not from false gods, but from Jehovah God, Jesus Christ, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God that created all things. Amen. I want you to see here too, who will this triune God this almighty God who does whatsoever he pleases. Who will he help? And boy, I like this. This pertains to me. Amen. Look with me in verses 3, 4, 5, and 6. Look at this. And he, Yahweh, will not suffer or deliver thy foot to be moved or slip or waver. He that keepeth, he that guards, protects, and preserves thee will not slumber. He will not doze off. He will not be slutful. He will not lay dormant. But he that keepeth thee, he that guards thee, protects thee, preserves thee, will not slumber. Neither shall... It, behold, he that keepeth Israel shall, not, shall neither slumber nor sleep. 
But the Lord, Yahweh, is thy keeper. The Lord, Yehovah, is thy shade or defense upon thy right hand. Who will this almighty God help? Listen. According to these scriptures that I just read you, he will help those who slip. I don't know about you, and maybe I'm talking to a bunch of people that never sinned. I don't know. But it's pretty easy for me to slip into sin if I don't watch myself. But oh my God, I know, I know that I know that I know. If I slip and mess up, guess what? I got a helper, amen. And his name is Jehovah God, Yahweh, the God who created all things. And he will step in. He will help me. I easily slip into depression at times. I easily I slip into discouragement. But when I do, I know that I have someone in heaven who will help me. Amen. Listen and be encouraged. Psalm chapter 50 verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. And therefore since Jehovah God will help me, shall I not be confounded, mixed up, confused? Therefore... Since God's going to help me and I don't have to be all mixed up and confused, I have set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. When we go through this great land of ours and we preach in these churches where they don't want to hear the gospel, where they've told us we preach too loud, where they run us out of their church because we told them that homosexuality is a sin, I am not ashamed, amen, because I have a God in heaven who helps me. What kind of situation do you find yourself in today? Are people laughing at you? Are people making fun of you because you don't go and drink with them or or go to these wild parties with them? I'm telling you, we have a helper in heaven who will help you, who will encourage you, who will rebuke those who are terrorizing you. Amen. And his name is Jehovah God. Amen. Here's Psalm 40. Boy, I love to read scriptures. Amen. Here's Psalm 40, verses 1 through 4. And be ye encouraged again. The psalmist writes, I waited patiently for the Lord Jehovah God. And he inclined, he stretched forth, he leaned out his ear unto me. And I heard, And he heard my cry with understanding. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Out of the miry clay. And he set my foot upon a rock. Jesus. And established. He erected. He he fixed my going. And he shall put a new song. In my mouth. 
even praises unto our Elohim God. And many shall see it, what He's done for me. And they will fear, they will reverence, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man, the person that maketh the Lord, Jehovah God, his trust. And respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Where's my help coming from? Who's going to help us now? His name is Jehovah God. Jesus Christ. So he, he will help those who slip. He'll help those who sleep. He'll hope, help those who struggle. Look at verses 5 and 6. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade or defense upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee or wound thee by day, nor the moon by night. Now the psalmist's imagery here, or his, the pictures that he's painting here, is changing from a walking to a warfare. And he tells us that he will protect us from our enemies. Did you notice the word shade there in verse 5? That speaks of a shield. When a soldier went into battle, he took two main, in that day, he took two main articles with him. He took a shield, which he would hold in his left hand. And he took his sword, which he held in his right hand. And when he went into battle, by fear, uh, blocking the licks this way and crashing with his sword, that left this side open to the fiery darts of the evil one. And God said, I'll protect you there in the battle. And believe me, we are in a battle. Amen. We're in a battle for everything. Everything that we consider holy or sacred has been cast aside by our government today. And Jesus, God, Jehovah God says, if you go into battle for me, I'll be your shield your, on your right side. Amen. And oh, does this mean so much to me. All you veterans, listen up. He said, God said in His Holy Word, the sun shall not wound you by day, nor the moon by night. Do you know what he was talking about? He's talking to the, the soldiers that go into battle for God, but we soldiers too who've been to battle. He says this. He's saying this. He's saying, I will protect your body. Speaking of sunstroke, heat exhaustion, that which harms your body, says God, I'll be there with you to protect your body. But listen to this. And he says, the moon shall not wound you by night. You know where we get the word moon? It's from lunar. You know where we get the word lunatic? From lunar. He's talking about soldiers. He's talking about that which affects the mind. Amen. That which wounds your mind for the rest of your life is called PTSD. Amen. The nightmares that come at night. God said, I'll protect you from that. Amen. So you see, where will my help come from? 
not from the hills, not from the government. Oh, the government wants to stuff pills down your throat. But they can't help. I've seen many a good soldier tormented by what he went through in the wars. And I've seen God help him through it. Amen. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord God, Jehovah. Now quickly, let's look at how strong this help is that comes from the Lord. Verses 7 and 8. The Lord, Jehovah God, shall preserve, he shall protect, he shall keep, he shall guard thee from all evil or from that which harms thee. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and for even ever more. God is saying to us, folks, I will protect you from all evil, that which harms you. I will protect you from your own flesh, from your own self. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul wrote under the leadership of God, the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 7, verse 18, Paul writes, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, But how to perform that which is good, I find not. And then he said prior to that in verse 15 of chapter 7 of the book of Romans. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that I do not. But what I hate, that I do. And God said, I'll help you with that. Amen. I know your flesh is battling against your spirit. I know that. Look to me. Don't look to the hills. Look to me. And I will help you. He will protect us from satanic attacks as well. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be ye sober, be vigilant. For your adversary the devil walk about, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. God will help us. Am am I making sense here tonight? Nobody going to sleep, huh? I preached in a church in Collinsville not long ago. I had to go wake some old gal up in the first pew there. Amen. The loudest I preach, how'd she go to sleep? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Amen. So, but anyway, he will preserve us. He will protect us because his help is strong. But I love this part, and I'll finish with this, the last verse, verse 8. I stake my eternal soul on this. In verse 8, the Lord Jehovah God shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in. Listen, from this time forth, now listen, and even forevermore. Did you catch that? Forever, 
more. He keeps us while we're here in this life. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Who are kept by the power of the dunamis, the unrestrained, unlimited power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen. I am saved, I'm being saved, and I shall be saved. Amen. And listen to this. Christians, I love this. Forevermore. I, like I said, I stake my eternal security on this. Amen. How about John chapter 10? What is it? Verse 28? Yes. I give unto them, says Jesus, eternal, everlasting, never-ending, perpetual life. And they shall never, ever perish or be utterly destroyed. Neither shall any man or person pluck or snatch them out of my hand. Amen. Amen. And guess what? That includes you. Amen. Are you saved tonight? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or perhaps you're one of those who find your security in the world. Listen. The world will fail you miserably and utterly. But not so. Who is our help? Jesus Christ. Amen. As I began this sermon with that prayer, if there's anyone in this building right now, and you're not absolutely, completely sure that you're saved, then we're going to have an altar call. And it will be your opportunity to make sure of your salvation. As was quoted this morning, that you might know. That you might know, that you know, that you know. That you're saved. Amen. Are we going to have somebody play tonight, praise God, for an altar call?